Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Um, something the Lord, I believe, is doing in the earth today. And I want to align ourselves as River of Life. I want to equip us in these messages that we're going to be talking about of being the hands and feet of Jesus uh, God is stirring people right now. He is waking up the church, I believe. He's getting us hungry for Him. And you see, you see pockets of this moving everywhere. And people are talking about Jesus, uh, all over the place and having these conversations and movies and shows that are coming out. And we were gonna go see that Jesus Revolution last night. We had tickets, but we didn't get to see. Heard it was awesome. How many got to see that? It was awesome. Amen. It's about a, a revival that happened during the hippie movement. Amen. 60s and 70s. And, uh, I believe God is doing that again, man, where He's just stirring people's hearts and, and it's the love of Jesus, man, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna do something great. Uh, so 2 Corinthians is where we're going to look at this scripture here. And uh, then we're going to start preaching today. Verse 14, it says, Now thanks be to God, who always, again, Paul is writing to this church in Corinth. He's, he's writing and he says, Thanks be to God, who always, someone say always, He always leads us in triumph, or causes us to triumph, the King James says, in Christ. No matter what you're going through, I want you to know that God always leads us to a place of triumph. Somebody needs to hear that today. Always. It may not be the same time that you're thinking, but He always will lead us to a place of triumph. That's what Paul is reminding all of us today. And then he says, And through us, if I say through us, He diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. If I say every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death, but to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God. Again, there were people that were using the church for a place of money. And he addresses that. But look what he says. But we do it with sincerity. This is serious business, Paul is saying. And, but as from God, and we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for what you're doing, God, today in the earth, in spite of all these challenges and unsettling times. Your church is, is growing and going forward strong. You are awakening the backsliders. You are calling people back to you. Father, I pray you use us. Equip us today. If you agree with that prayer, just lift your hands to the Lord right now and say, God, use me. Use me, God. Use me. Use me. Use us at our workplaces. Use us in our families. Use us in our neighborhoods. Use us, oh God. Use us again, Father. Lord, to diffuse the fragrance of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to focus on that, on that statement. Uh, the fragrance of Christ. The fragrance of Christ. Do you have a favorite fragrance? Do you have a favorite aroma, perfume, or cologne? If you do, I was thinking about this, it's, it's probably because it reminds you of a person, a place, 
or a thing. It just does. I can smell polo cologne and it takes me right back to 1982, LL Cool J and Dougie Fresh. I mean, run DMC. I mean, just like that. I just, the other day I was in the mall and I went by and they got new polos now. I'm talking about the polo green. And boom, I was right there in high school. It's just amazing. Drakkar. You remember Drakkar? Reminds me of uh, David Schmelter, if he's watching. <laughs> that guy would bathe in that. Um, aromas do that. Fragrances do that. There's actually a science to this. Our smell is connected to our taste, our mood, and our memory. Uh, citrus is said, citrus, cinnamon, and lavender are all mood changers and can actually encourage spending. In fact, scent marketing, it's called scent marketing. Uh, they can raise sales by using scent marketing by 11% and increase customers' satisfaction by 20%. So if you're a business owner, just put some uh, citrus in your workplace. Uh, and it's, it's supposed it's to enhance people wanting to spin. I don't know. It also will shift your mood. The point is this, is that Paul the Apostle is using this concept in this text of Scripture to the Corinthians, telling them that the way we live our lives as believers and followers of Christ are actually will be able to cause a reaction in other people. By the way we live our lives, it will cause a reaction in other people. He calls it the fragrance of Christ. I must tell you, but before we diffuse, you know them little diffusers? Before you can diffuse something, Christ has to be infused in you. Come on, somebody. Before we can diffuse, we got to have the cry of Jesus, the Christ Jesus and His Spirit inside of us. And it will automatically begin to come out. I love in the book of Acts chapter 4, the apostles were told to quit preaching the gospel in the marketplace. A revival broke out and they were preaching in the streets. And so Rome said he forbid them to preach. And I love what Peter said. He stood up and he said, you decide whether I am to obey God or man, for I can't help but to proclaim to everybody the good news of Jesus Christ. That's how we are supposed to be. I can't help but to let people know about the Jesus that I serve. I don't care if my power is out. I don't care if I'm dealing with a sickness. I don't care if my teenagers or my son or my daughter or my marriage is struggling. I refuse to allow that to pull me down. I'm going to keep my mind on Jesus because I stay full of him in my life and in my heart. I can't help but to let him out and praise him anyhow. Come on. Help me today. I need your help today. <laughs> so, how do you diffuse the fragrance of Christ? Let me give you these five things real quick. These are found in Scripture. There's probably more. These are the first five that I know of that the Scripture specifically says when we do these things, we release or diffuse uh, a sweet aroma up before heaven. Number one, when we pray, we've been talking about that. Revelation says that our prayers, did you know that when you pray, your prayers go up before God and in heaven it describes these bowls of gold and these places in heaven and the angel said those are the prayers of the saints. Do you know that when you get into your secret place, that when you spend time in the presence of God, no matter how your flesh feels and you tune into God and when you begin to pray, and lift your voice to the Lord. Do you know that your prayers go up before God as a sweet-smelling aroma and fragrance in front of God? Your prayers do that. 
I, I mentally sometimes picture that in my mind. It helps me to want to pray. It goes before the Lord as a sweet-smelling aroma when we pray. When we sacrifice, the Bible says. Now, the Old Testament is filled with scriptures that are all about the sacrifices of animals and blood. Why? Because blood was the only thing and is the only thing strong enough to atone for sin. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no atonement for sin. And God was depicting and painting a picture to humankind, uh, letting us know how awful sin is, that it can only be atoned for by the shedding of blood. So they would take an innocent animal, and the Bible talks about how people in those days loved their animals just like you and I, and they hated to do that. And God was showing them that because sin is that awful, and it's a spiritual law that the only way sin can be atoned for is that if blood is shed because life is in the blood it's a spiritual law just like gravity whatever goes up must come down so the old testament was all about blood it's very bloody it's very barbaric but then god said i got a better solution that i'm going to demonstrate my own love and i'm going to send my son jesus christ who's going to be the perfect and innocent lamb and i'm going to give my very best to you i'm going to give my very best to mankind to a people that's going to hate me and blaspheme me and not believe in me i'm going to love them anyway and i'm going to give them my very best and jesus went to the cross and he died as the perfect lamb before god and his blood redeems all of us from all of our sin that's good news you better get happy about that that's good news that's good news so the new testament teaches us that there's no more sacrifices of animals but our new testament sacrifice is sacrificing our our time our talent our treasure our life in other words how we live our lives for the lord do you sacrifice for your faith is there anything that you you want to do and everybody else is doing, but you say, I'm not going to do it because of my faith in Jesus Christ. That's a sacrifice. Romans 12 says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable service. Everybody else is doing this, but you know what? I'm going to sacrifice and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put my flesh on the cross. My body's telling me, yeah. My body's telling me, yeah, you knew I was going to sing it in you. <laughs> but my but my spirit's telling me, no, I remember that song? That's exactly what we all battle that. We live in the tension of that if you are a follower of Christ. This scripture says that if you will say yes to the spirit and say no to your fleshly desires, it actually goes up before God as a sweet smelling aroma. Come on, somebody. So everybody at work and everybody in your circle and everybody your friends may turn on you or you may suffer persecution. But Jesus said, blessed are those who suffer persecution for they shall inherit the things of God. That's what he's talking about. And Jesus said, when you suffer persecution, it also lets you know, watch this, that you are diffusing the fragrance of Christ. And, and not everybody likes that smell. We'll get to that in just a moment. So what are we sacrificing for our faith? Maybe it's overtime at work and you could, I've done this at my work. I could take pull-ups at my job and work every Sunday. But I said, no, I needed to be in the house of God. I need to take my family to the house of God. And that's a sacrifice. And sometimes it's okay, you got to do it and for a while. But those of you that maybe have passed up on job opportunities or, or something like that because it impacted you in a negative way spiritually that you decided to sacrifice that. 
If you've ever done that, this is what the Bible says. It actually goes before the Lord as a sweet-smelling savor. He sees that. You may work a job and have to work Sundays. I'm not saying nothing wrong with that. I remember at work, years ago, we went on vacation. We started taking two. I finally got some seniority after 15 years. And I could take a summer vacation. Hallelujah. And I remember taking two weeks off. And, and there's a couple guys at work that Jesus was dealing with them. I mean, oh, God will leave some people at work just to develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Come on, somebody. And I had a couple of them. And they just watched every move I made. It's just crazy. Everybody else was cool. I mean, they'd come to me for prayer. And we had, we'd talk about life and football and Jesus and all that. It was cool. But he had these two guys. And uh, I signed up for a vacation. And there were some people in the break room. And, and he spoke up. Oh, Eddie's going to miss two weeks? Aren't you going to miss church, Eddie? You're going to miss church. Eddie's going to miss church. What? That flesh was telling me smack him, but my spirit was telling me no. Come on, y'all been there? Some of y'all was there just now on the way to church. You know what I'm talking about. What's wrong with you going 50 in the left lane? That's for... I looked at him and I said... I said everyone was waiting for my response. Like God's going to hit me with a lightning bolt because you missed a Sunday. I said, it's no biggie because I take Jesus with me everywhere I go. And I love it because they're doing the back one. Ooh, I mean, these are grown, we're grown men. You must have been wearing polo cologne or something. I don't know. It just, just all of a sudden was right back to, ooh, you ever had one of them instigators? Ooh, ooh. They probably wear polo cologne. I mean, that's just what they do in high school. My point is this, whenever we sacrifice to the Lord, church, that it comes before the Lord as a sweet-smelling aroma, Sacrifice also, before we move on, is the same Hebrew and Greek word. That means in both testaments of your Bible, the root word for sacrifice is also service and worship. They all are the same connection of the word. So whenever we serve, whenever you serve, you volunteer, you work, you serve, you go, we're planning some missions trips this year, and you're going to be hearing Miranda talk more about them. One of them is to Africa. I'm trying to get us in there before the end of the year to help go build a church, and you're there in one week. There's such revivals happening in Africa right now. They can't build buildings fast enough. Especially in uh, Uganda and East Africa, it's been insane. Builders International, one of the missionaries we support, he just got back uh, from the DR, where they're also experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And what I love about building a building, you can build a building in one week and then stay for the uh, grand opening service in one week. I said, man, what kind of building is that? He goes, well, they don't build walls. Because if you build walls around a church, to them, you're limiting God. So they put a pavilion to keep you out of the weather, and they're coming from everywhere. They're converting from Muslim to Christian. There's miracles happening. There's things that are just exploding all over the earth right now. I just want you to know. I want to get in on that. Amen. So if you want to go to Africa, there are going to be some things happening. But that, when we go, when we went to Honduras, there would be many times on the plane, many times, a team of doctors, a team of dentists who were taking their vacation time. They were Christians. And they were going over there to provide free health care into the villages of Central America. We met them all the time. And they were just doing that because they, they weren't getting paid. They, weren't, they were just doing it. What is the point? That is when we do that kind of stuff, guys, it, off, it comes up before the Lord as a sweet-smelling 
aroma. Come on, when we give, Philippians 4, give, when you give, he says right here, it goes up before the Lord when we give willingly. Right? You ever have your kid, you, you got a greedy kid who you have to, who's, who's on a struggle bus with Sharon, like, like me, I was. And um, so when you see them, you got to sometimes make them share, right? You got to make them share. Come on, share with your brother, share with your sister. But isn't it something when you look and you catch them willingly just give? You ever find your kid do something willingly out of their heart and it just melts your heart? My little grandson, he's six months old now, so he's just now starting to reach for you. <laughs> He'll start giving you kisses and all, man. So, and he's, he's, the, he's the cuddliest when you wake him up for naps. Everybody fights over who's going to go in there and get him when he wakes up for a nap. It, it's something about someone you love wants you and desires you. When the Bible teaches that when we give out of desire and not duty, that it actually goes before the Lord as a sweet smell and aroma. There's a scripture for it. And lastly, when we walk in love. When we walk in love, Ephesians 5 is powerful. The whole book of Ephesians, or the chapter of 5, Paul talks about that very thing. That Jesus walked in love. And this is really the message part right here. Is Jesus walked in love with everybody and anybody. He wasn't afraid to go to people that were outcasts, right? We know this. And this scripture tells us, Paul tells us that we need to follow God. He said, be imitators of God, Ephesians 5.1 says. Be imitators of God. And the second verse says, and walk in love as Christ walks in love. For it is a sweet fragrance before the Lord. And this is where we struggle. And this is what I say. This kind of love, you, you, don't, you don't fall in this kind of love. You don't fall in love, you grow in love. It's the same way. You, gotta, you and I got to grow in this. Co-workers at work, I had to grow for a long time in love. And then some people are easy to love. I mean, all of them are easy to love. And then some people is not easy to love. Those are those areas that when we do say, you know what, I'm going to choose to, to love them like Christ. And let me tell you a secret. The way to love people, the way Jesus says to love them, is to see them the way Jesus sees them. This is where you need understanding. Last week I didn't get really far. There's so much I could have talked about with understanding. And so many were ministered to by that timely word because it is something I believe we all need is understanding. This is another area. Help me to have understanding, Lord, to love these people that are my enemies and who hate me and come against me. The scripture says that when we do that, when we choose to walk in love, we are actually diffusing the fragrance of Christ. I picture one of those things that, you know, you pull and it has those smoke coming out. I don't know what you call them when you go running or whatever. What are those called? Flares. Not a flare. Is that what it's called? Anyway, not a flare, but something like that. When I, when I picture this, it's meant to be bold, in loud, and it's meant to be. This is what this is what Paul is is saying. This aroma, there's gonna be a little secret, little incense back in the corner somewhere. It, it's to be, it's to be everywhere and to flow everywhere. This is uh, in verse fourteen. This is what Paul is saying. In every place, if I say every place, God desires His fragrance to be diffused in every place. This is what Paul is saying. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, there's no place off limits to where we need to be going right now. This is the message right here. 
This is where you see God stirring hearts. You know, a few months ago on Monday Night Football, we were watching a football game, but we all were invited to a prayer meeting that still is seeing, you know, uh, ramifications of that one night on social media and other people that are returning to their faith over something like that. Then you see it in the shows and these movies and that are coming out and having sell-out record crowds. And these revivals that are beginning on college campuses and are spreading throughout the country. And they're just people getting together, um, repenting, which as you know, that's a move of God because repentance is always, 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 not 90%, not 99%, 100% of the time, whenever there's an, a move of God or an awakening, there is repentance there. That's what it is. That's when you and I awaken to the fact that God is real. That this thing is real. That Jesus died for me. That there's a heaven and there's a hell. This is serious business. That was the last scripture Paul said in this text. He said this is serious business. Other people are taking it for granted. They're peddling the word of God. They're traveling around in uh, modern day North Asia in the Middle East. And they were going and they were saying they were preachers. And they were trying to fleece the congregations and, and take money. And Paul said shame on them. He said that they don't realize that this is serious business. This is heaven and hell we're talking about. So we need to go into every place. Missionaries go. But you know what? You're a missionary. Let's try that again. You're a missionary. Tell the person next to you. Say you're sitting next to a missionary. Now, so some of you are like, okay, you're going to support me? <laughs> you are, actually the Bible calls you an ambassador. Y'all know this, you read your scripture, you're called an ambassador. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is somebody who is visiting another country, but his residence is in a foreign, is in another country. He's only visiting a foreign country, and he lives and dwells within an embassy. And his job is to connect with other residents and to get them in. That is exactly the picture that Paul paints in the New Testament for you and for, uh, for me. That we aren't, this is not our home. We are passing through 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 70 years, 90 years, however many years God blesses you with. We are supposed to just be visiting this place. Our citizenship is in heaven. But the problem is many of us have left the embassy because we love this foreign country so much. Help me, Jesus. God say, hey, remind them. Remind them that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are called to go out into all the world and to tell people about Jesus. People are talking about the Lord. I heard them this morning uh, talking about the Lord. I had, was on a speakerphone and they, they lost power. They were down the street here and, and uh, she was through the speakerphone to this young man. He was going to come over and help them with their generator or something. And she goes, but you're going to have to wait because I'm going to church. I was like, hey, he goes, well, what time do you get out of church? And I felt like saying, you should go with her. <laughs> Everybody was like a nine in that place, man. They were like, don't talk to me. So, But I was like, hey, you go, go for it, go into church. People are talking about God in church everywhere we go. I've never had an issue with the church being in a secular setting. I've never, had, I've never been one of those guys. That, you know, if it's a Christian band, they shouldn't go to a bar or a club. I think if God opens that door, you need to go and just let your light so shine in those places. Now, I'm not saying you try to be like one of them. It's totally different, you know, when you're over there. You know, it, we're, we're called to rescue people. 
And I used to work at the marina for years and part of marine emergency service, and we would get a call from the Coast Guard to go rescue boats. But one thing we had to make sure is our boat was safe. <laughs> you know, we got holes in our boat, and both of you are both sinking. That ain't helping anybody. Amen. You got you to have somebody. But we're called to be the boat, you know, that are that's in the world, but the world's not in us. That's like a boat being in the water, but it's a problem when the water gets in the boat. Come on, somebody. So, but there's nothing wrong. We're called to go to these places and to let our light shine and, and to let the fragrance of Christ, uh, the aroma of the Lord to be seen and, and experienced by everyone and everywhere. Uh, a couple of years back before COVID hit, one of the last concerts we went to was to uh, Travis Green. And he came to Detroit. I think he was at the Fillmore. He was at one of them places. We were standing out in the cold Forever, we got in there, and um, they the building had some kind of other event going on, so they had an open bar. And so when you're coming in to see Travis Green, you could also go to this nightclub to this, and go get some drinks. They had an open bar. So you had to let them at the door know if you were drinking or not. And if you were not drinking, they'd stamp your hand with an X. <laughs> Big black X marker. Glowed in the dark. And uh, so you went in. Well, Travis Green came to worship. If you've ever been in the Travis Green concert, man, they had two drummers. Where's Davey at? Two drummers, Davey. Two drummers. And they just were lights and just, gee, you know, he'll do it again. I mean, that place with tears down here. He's talking about miracles when he fell out of a three-story window as a kid and the doctors pronounced him dead, but his grandmother picked him up and prayed over him and life came back. I mean, he just... I mean, the whole place is just, uh, you ever been in an atmosphere of worship like that? It just takes you to a whole, we're worshiping Jesus, and I'll never forget. He said, lift your hands to the Lord. We lift our hands, and all you saw was X's all the way through the whole building. <laughs> but you know what? I went back to the back to get us some drinks, <laughs> some water, calm down. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> He's too happy all the time. I mean, this guy... I don't like the Medidas either. He wears, I'm telling you. We went back to get some water. I'll never forget walking back there, and it's another whole world back there. But there was this waitress. She was probably in her late 20s, early 30s, and this guy was talking to her, and he's just sharing the love of Jesus on her. I saw the mascara running down her face. She had her little apron with her things on there, and she's shaking. She said, I can't even control myself. And he was just telling her about Jesus and to begin to pray for her and witness to her. The whole staff back there had their own thing going, but guess what? They got taken to church. That would have never happened if we would have been too religious to go at a place like that. Listen, drinking don't bother me. Someone invited me to a restaurant, and they got a, they got a bar. He goes, they got a bar in there. I said, well, I'm not drinking. <laughs> Sometimes we get afraid of stuff. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm a little tired, so I didn't hear y'all respond to that. I think you're responding at home better than they are here. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We don't got to be afraid of the devil. We got to be afraid of the world. People still talk about the Grammys. If I was at the Grammys... And, and I know there was like a worship, Satan worship service going on with Sam Smith and them, you know. Now, the Holy Ghost might have said, it's time to go. Because sometimes the Holy Ghost will say, let's go. <laughs> let's take the Medidas and let's fly. Let's roll. Come on, baby. Come on. Amen. Because sometimes when the, and here's always a, cue, uh, a key, when the atmosphere, the environment 
is stronger than your, your ability to control the environment for Christ, it's time to step out. They ain't want to hear about Jesus, they ain't going to hear about Jesus. But when you're able to control the conversation or the atmosphere, this is how Jesus sat down with sinners, because Jesus was always in control. That's why Jesus sat down with tax collectors. He sat down with, with uh, prostitutes, and we know those scriptures, because he was able to control the atmosphere. See, that, that's how you got to know when that, when that situation is happening. But a, a situation like the Grammys, man, I would have been, I love that um, Maverick City won like that. They got up there, and, and I didn't see their performance, but I know it was good, because I love Maverick City, but Brandon Blake got up there, and I did see the clip. And he stood up there at that secular audience, and he's up there, and he took that, he took that trophy or that Grammy. He looked out, and he just began to say, I, I just love that it's all about Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, you can turn to Jesus right now. And that just went out like a shockwave right into the whole, the whole place. Stuff like that I love, because I can see Jesus in that place like that. You know, the devil and all that. I'm not afraid of the no devil. No more. Oh, we got it wrong. We're supposed to be in there and shine. Paul planted the church Corinth that we're reading from today was in the city of Corinth. It's still there today. We're actually planning a trip to there to next, next year. If you want to go in the footsteps of Paul, you'll be hearing about that trip. But Paul planted a church right in the middle of Corinth. Corinth was one of the most pagan areas ever. And that's why the church of Corinth was all messed up. They were partying. There was all of this crazy stuff happening. But he planted a church there. Why? Because that's where we need to be diffusing the aroma of Christ. But you can't diffuse it unless it's not infused in you. It always is going to come back to that. So we've got to spend time in the, in the presence of the Lord. I remember, I could tell you so many stories of that, of going and getting friends saved and witnessing to them. And there was a time in my life when I didn't go in certain areas because, to be honest with you, I was not strong enough in my faith. I was not strong enough in my faith. And the Lord told me to wait. I had a dream. I told you I'm a dreamer. I had a dream one time when I first got saved, and I was flying these kites with my friends. You know that's a dream from God because we never flew kites. Did we, LaDon, ever fly kites down High Street? Uh, so I'm having this dream and we're flying these kites. And I was only saved for about two months. And in this, and my, my kite was the Christian flag. And everybody was flying their kites. And mine went way up real high. And I heard everybody say, wow, look at Eddie's kite, man. It's way up there. And I remember in my dream that I took my eyes off the kite. And I was looking at one of my friends. And all of a sudden I heard a gasp over the crowd. And I heard... Boom! And my kite hit the ground, and it was a pile of rope. And I just began to try to get that kite back up, and I couldn't get it back up for nothing. I was waiting for the wind, and I couldn't get it back up, and I woke up. And I told my dad, like I told you, my dad has a gift of dreams. He said, Eddie, you've been trying to go back to your old neighborhood. God's telling you you ain't ready yet. Thank God. So I waited. And then when I got to the place where I'm able to be like Jesus said, the God of this world is coming for me, but he's got nothing in me. Then you can step into it. Those that are mature in Christ, hear the word of the Lord. When you're able to walk right through that mess and it's not going to bother you anymore. I've been back into crack houses. I've been, I can walk down the street with every drug and every vice on the other side. As long as I keep my eyes on Jesus, I don't got to sweat it. I can release and diffuse the aroma of Christ in every area that I go to. You can too. That's supposed to be you. That's supposed to be you and me. And you don't got to be all preachy to do it. You don't got to be all preachy to do it. Later in this text, you'll find, and you're going to hear next week and stuff, how you get it in your heart. It, it's a lifestyle. People see it. Come on, let's go. Got to keep going. Last, 
point I'll make today is this, Paul in this text. So that's how you diffuse those five things and then diffuse uh, the aroma needs to be in every place. And lastly, not everyone reacts the same to the fragrance of Christ. This is what Paul is using there. He said, some it's the aroma of death. To others, it's the aroma of life. You know, the aroma, uh, the ability to smell, it is connected to your taste. And I used to love Dr. Pepper. Okay, here it goes. Some of y'all ain't heard the Dr. Pepper story. Here's people, you see people give me a Dr. Pepper or put it on Facebook as a joke. This is why. I used to love Dr. Pepper. I hate it. Okay, this is why. I was 14 years old. Mom and dad got uh, an invitation to come to West Virginia to preach a revival. Dad was an evangelist. We went down there to preach. And uh, Steve and I went. My older brother didn't go that time. So we went down there, and we stopped by my Aunt Etta and Uncle Billy's home. My Aunt Etta's a worshiper. She's a prayer, she was a prayer warrior. She's with the Lord now. She actually gave a prophetic word to my dad and said, um, Paul, you're going to go, and I want to preach the gospel, but it's going to be a very uh, challenging week. It's going to be a very tough week in that revival. And, and kind of like, dad was like, okay, we got it. Sure enough, we got up there. It rained every single day. This church put us in this, mo- this little roadside motel. I mean, every time you opened the door, a semi went by, and it just w- rainwater came in, and I got the chicken pox. 14 years old. I had them things on my eyeliner. I had them in my mouth. I was sick, head to toe. Well, my mom, on the way to the hotel, saw in front of the store they had a sale on Dr. Pepper. So mom not, didn't buy one case. She bought a pallet. I swear they come out with a high-low. Mom said, I'm bringing that back to Michigan. We, we had Dr. Pepper. This was also the same week that Jimmy Swagger fell. So the church world was rocked. My dad loved Jimmy Swagger. Jimmy Swagger was like the man back in the day. You had Jim Baker the week before. Now you got Jimmy Swagger. The world is just like, what is going on? And there I sat sick, but I had something that I could drink. Dr. Pepper. I couldn't eat anything for days, but I could drink Dr. Pepper. All the way home from the back seat of the car, I had to stay like this, but I could drink Dr. Pepper. I got home to my older brother, who was 17, gave him a bear hug. He had chicken pox at 17. We had, we had a gift that just keeps on giving. Come on, somebody. But guess what we had? Dr. Pepper. So every time I even see Dr. Pepper, it, it, just, it just reminds me, right, of that time. And I'm sure you've got things that you've gotten sick on. It reminds you of it. Paul is using that as I'm closing with this. That the aroma of Christ is going to be to us that know Jesus. It's going to be encouraging when you see packed out theaters to go see Jesus Revolution. It's going to be encouraging when you see them kneel down on Monday night football. It's going to be encouraging when you see the number one show on TV is chosen. It's going to be encouraging when you see backsliders coming back to the Lord and young people on college campuses, instead of getting turned up every Friday night, they're crying out for a move of God. For you and for me, it's encouraging. Isn't it? Isn't it? How many of y'all like Dr. Pepper? But to those that don't, listen, See, in the parade that Paul is using as an analogy, it's a Roman um, procession of a triumphant victory that just took place. Rome would conquer other militaries, Audi, uh, armies, and so they would get in, uh, have a big parade. Kind of, it's huge, kind of like the Thanksgiving Day parade. It was huge. 
And they would have the generals and, and all these, but also in the middle, toward the end of the parade procession, were captives who they have taken captive after they defeated their nation. They were in shackles. And when they smelled the aroma of the spices being, because that meant victory, victory smells good to other people. And as they would smell the aroma of the spices, they would be reminded that God has been victorious and brought them through victory. But for those that were in handcuffs, those that were in chains, it reminded them that they were getting ready to face judgment. And that's what happens when we release the aroma and the fragrance of Christ. There's going to be one side saying, man, you encourage me. Man, you encourage me. It could be something as little, we were talking earlier, when you see someone with a Christian t-shirt on. And um, someone, Ladon saw someone just said, hey man, I like your shirt. And it was a Christian t-shirt. They ended up getting all blessed and talking about the Lord. He had one on. They followed him out. He had one of our shirts on and had scripture on the back. And uh, little things like that can encourage people like that, that are in their faith. But to others, people that are not following Christ, this move of God that we see, the, you know, the conversations about Jesus, Super Bowl commercials that are causing people to just come out. The haters are just coming out. Why? Because it's reminding them of their need of Jesus. It's reminding them of their, that's making them aware of their sin and that they need to be set free by Jesus. It's different, two different people. They're being convicted. Their deadness to Christ is being, being seen. You know, Seth Rogen and these, these uh, podcasters are talking about Jesus, and it's just it's causing all kinds of ripples in the world. I'm telling you, this is what God's doing. You're going to see these two responses. This is what Paul is saying. One group is getting excited, and they're being encouraged, and they're starting to want to come out. And that's what this message is for, and these messages are for. Let's not just watch what's happening at Asbury. Let's be, let's be the revival. You don't got to copy. Be the real. You got the same Jesus. If you want to go, go. But you got the Jesus. You got the same spirit that's in you. You bring it to your family. You bring it to your workplace. I pray God starts it even here further. We get more hungrier for God. But that's, a, that's what revival is. But you're going to have people that's going to come out against it. You're going to have people that's going to be hating on it. You're going to, well, don't get mad if people are coming against you because it's the Jesus in you. Not everybody likes that fragrance, that fragrance. Not everybody likes Dr. Pepper. Not everybody likes Polo Cologne. Not everybody's going to like Jesus. But here's the last thing, and then we're going to close, is that Paul ends by saying, this is serious business. Let me tell you this. Living missional, listen, living missional is spiritual warfare. A church starts reaching out, they're fine if we sit here and just patty cake and see who can preach better. See who can sing better. See what songs we got. Churches are good at that. We're not into show. And you start reaching out. You start making room for people to come from all walks of life, from all backgrounds, from those that vote differently, look differently, that are, that are in all sides. And when we start saying, seeing that happening in the church world, the enemy is not going to like that. Being a church for all people, yeah, it's pretty on the sign. Let me tell you something. We take some hits. We take some hits. Had a guy call a couple of weeks ago and tried to pronounce a curse on this church. Called me and Pastor Steve every name in the book. Hating us. We've had the most bizarre... This week has been out of the pit of hell. 
Last two weeks. That's why many of you are fighting battles right now. It makes no sense. Why? Because we're shaking things up. God is shaking things up. He's awakening the church. And He's saying it's not about being so holy and perfect. i got a city that's going to hell. i got people that don't know me. Get out there. Let the fragrance of the Lord be diffused. Come on, if you agree with that. If you agree with that, why don't you stand into your feet right now and let's just lift up an aroma of praise right now. Let's just begin to just worship Him right now, Jesus. We know it's spiritual warfare, church. It's, Paul said it like this, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Did you hear that? Satan has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. And when one turns to the Lord, the blinders are taken off. That's spiritual warfare. That's why when you try to witness, you get all choked up and nervous. And the enemy puts thoughts in your head. You know, don't tell him you're a Christian. Because you may have to answer the question to some theologian. That never happens. And you don't even got to do that. Just diffuse the fragrance of Christ. By simply living your life and being able to worship in a season like that. Being able to pray in your seasons like that. Continue to go. You're diffusing the fragrance of Christ. Oh, Lord. Thank you for your message. Thank you for this this piece of scripture, God, that you have reminded us the big picture. You're doing so much in the earth today. Sometimes we run here and we run there and we want to do this and you're saying, stand still. I'm trying to plant a church. I'm trying to bear fruit on your life. But plants are being pulled up, planted here. we got to run here. we got to do that. We're so distracted. This wants me. They want me to pull them for my time. And the Lord is saying, stop, 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 stop. Stand your ground. For without me, if you don't abide in me, you can't bear fruit. And the world is looking for fruit. They're not looking for people. You know, we make a big deal at Christmas. you got to keep Christ in Christmas. Well, God says keep Christ in the Christian. Let's start bearing fruit to people where they can tell we're living for the Lord by the way we react. And we may not be perfect, but we can be faithful. That's bearing fruit. Jesus. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen